This is the World Industrial News for Monday, August 8th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part five of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Mona. And I think we'll get into it a little bit um, even more following in this conversation. But but for now, let's shift a bit. Let's focus on sustainability. You know, we are we're seeing the consequences of an outdated grid in the West right now in California. Power companies have to balance demand spikes due to record temperatures, ensuring that, you know, equipment doesn't spark fires. And those fires have been made more destructive because of record droughts. The state's also asking residents to curb usage when supply simply can't meet demand. Updating the grid is a massive undertaking and could benefit companies across so many sectors. Pat, can you just walk us through how you see companies benefiting from updating the U.S. power grid and how the U.S. infrastructure bill aids in protecting our environment? Maybe walk us through some opportunities or disruptors and and big trends. Okay. Well, there certainly are benefits, and I'll go through those in a second, but I wanted to say one thing. That is the upgrading of this grid is, it's not, a, it's not a luxury. This is a necessary condition because we already know where the problems are coming and many the power companies know how to fix them. For example, we can mitigate the damage from wildfires by undergrounding the, trans, uh, the transmission lines, but that's very expensive. And so to actually pay for that, we have to see how that would be developed as a project within an individual power company. And one of the incentives they can't use is it's better for the whole nation. And there's almost no question that we have to look very, very closely at how technology will affect this grid. But the main thing it's going to do is it's going to put a lot more intelligence at the edge. We saw this before. There's an old telecom article called The Rise of the Stupid Network. It's basically an article that says the telephone company should get out of the functionality and should deal with having the ability to transport data around. And that gave rise to a new telecom system where there was a tremendous amount of intelligence at the edge. The same thing will now happen in the power business. Because for example, with rooftop solar, a lot of your generation actually sits behind the meter. It doesn't sit in the domain of the power company. And how do these things exchange information so that you can still consume it and and generate it at the same time? And that's a unique feature of the grid. It's one of the few uh, industries where the product is consumed the instant it's made. So there, there, isn't no, there isn't storage or there wasn't storage at one point. We're starting to put in more and more storage, which will change the grid and make it much more, uh, much more complex to operate, but will generate a lot of benefits. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. 
Over the last few weeks, we've looked into the hydrogen economy and its four main objectives for using hydrogen as fuel, transportation, grid power generation, industry, and home office heating and cooling. To this point, only a small fraction of hydrogen of any color is used directly for energy. The vast majority goes toward making ammonia for uses such as fertilizer or toward making methane, smelting iron and steel, refining petroleum, and other industrial uses. And most of all, hydrogen, estimates center around 96%, comes from natural gas in a process known as natural gas reformation gasification. In this process, natural gas reacts to high-temperature steam to separate the four parts hydrogen from one part carbon. This is the cheapest and most efficient method, but it releases carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide in the process, exactly what the environmental, social, and governance movement is working to eliminate. Suncor Energy Incorporated has increased its capital expenditure budget for 2022 to between $3.7 billion and $4 billion, up from $3.6 billion, the majority of which is allocated for its upstream oil sands business. The jump reflects inflationary pressures, the restart of its West White Rose Oil project, and increased spend during turnarounds and maintenance, the company said in its recent second quarter earnings press release. Industrial Info is tracking $18.7 billion worth of active projects from Suncor. AES Corporation is riding a tidal wave of demand for renewable energy. The company signed 531 megawatts of long-term renewable and energy storage power purchase agreements in the second quarter, bringing its backlog to 10.5 gigawatts worth of projects, which are expected to be completed through 2025, including 6 gigawatts to be completed by the end of 2023. Industrial Info is tracking more than $20 billion worth of active projects globally from AES, including nearly $8.5 billion worth within the U.S. Solar and battery energy storage system projects account for 1.25 of the 1.6 gigawatts of renewables and energy storage projects for which AES has signed long-term PPAs so far in 2022. These projects are expected to be brought online in 2020. 23 and 2024. The company also says it has completed the construction or acquisition of 390 megawatts of solar projects across the U.S. and the Dominican Republic so far in 2022. Energy Transfer LP's plans for a liquefied natural gas production and export plant in Lake Charles, Louisiana, have been on the books for some time, but the company has previously asked U.S. regulators for extensions in the plant's construction. But that seems to be changing, and the plant may be seeing some action sooner rather than later. The war in Ukraine has heated up the demand for LNG in Europe as countries there attempt to wean themselves from 
Russian natural gas. U.S. LNG producers such as Chenier Energy Incorporated have reported increased cargoes and bumper profits this year. An energy transfer wants a piece of the action. The company has made several LNG sales and purchase agreements this year for LNG from the Lake Charles plant. And BASFSE is planning to cut ammonia production in Europe due to rising natural gas prices. Ammonia is a basic building block for ammonium nitrate fertilizer, which releases nitrogen, an essential nutrient for growing plants, including farm crops and lawns. About 90% of ammonia produced worldwide is used in fertilizer to help sustain food production. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.